Welcome to Transformation Church Podcast. Have you ever felt spiritually drained or disconnected? Well, this Charged Up series will help you stay plugged into God through a lifestyle of daily devotion. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Last week, we talked about why we pray, and this week, we're gonna talk about how to pray, okay? And so we've been using this analogy of a cell phone and staying charged up, and so I just want you to self-evaluate for a second because one of the greatest tools you can ever have is self-evaluation, where you can look introspectively at where you're at. And I wanna put up uh, basically some charging symbols right now, and I want you to be able to self-evaluate where you are at right now. Where are you spiritually? Not in your demeanor and how tired you are. I didn't sleep last night. I'm talking about spiritually. Where are you at? Are you charged up? Are you empty? And do I feel like I got a little bit, but I mean, stuff is just coming down a little bit or man, I I was down, but I'm going back up. I'm talking spiritually. I'm not talking career wise. Because many times we get tricked, like, because things are going good in our life of what we've prayed for, we think that our spiritual life is matching that, and then we end up on E one day, and like, what the heck happened? So where are you at spiritually? I want you to take note of it. Some of you came in like this, though. Not even on any level. Your signal is telling you, if you don't plug in, we're not going to be able to reach the potential that God has for you. And today, I want us to connect to God through prayer, okay? So how are we going to do that? Because prayer is one of those things that most Christians know they should do, but it's not very attractive, and sometimes it's just weird when you see people pray, and then other times it just seems hard and long. And I want to help bring that into a doable context with Jesus giving us a model. And I wanna give you our theme scripture. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter five. 1 Thessalonians chapter five. And if you would pull out your worship guide, I did it again. I I have a lot of notes for you today. And so I wanted you to be able to take it because I want you to be able to apply this. So I want you to follow along with me. You can fill in the blanks. You can write extra notes on the side, but I want you to go with me today. In 1 Thessalonians 5.16, this is what it says. It says, uh, rejoice always. Everybody say the next two words with me. Pray continually. Okay. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's God's will for me? I'll give you three things right now to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. So what are you trying to say? I want to introduce you to a rally cry that we are going to continue to say until Jesus changes it. It's two words, and it's very simple. Pray first. Pray first. He said, Pray in all circumstances, pray continually. So what does that look like? Am I supposed to stop my life and just live in a a, a constant mode of prayer with candles and music? No, Go, go to work, have fun with your family, go chill, go kick it, do all of that stuff. But all I want you to do is pray first. I want you to be reminded, what would it look like if every morning that you woke up, before you got out of bed, You prayed first. Father God, I just thank you for this day. Today is going to be a good day. You are going to move strong and mighty in my life. And then I get out of bed. And what if before we went to work, while you're drinking your coffee, Father God, I'm going into this place where I know there are people that don't want the best for me, but God, you make me victorious in every situation. And I just thank you for it. Amen. Pray first. Before the kids go out to the football game, God, he is not that talented, and we are just doing this because he needs to learn about sportsmanship. Jesus, touch little Ramald in the name of Jesus, and don't let him die. Pray first. Before I take the test that I studied for, God, I thank you that you give me the mind of Christ. And as I take this test, you will bring things back to my remembrance. Pray, help me, first. If that became our motto in our life, we would live a life praying continually. If you would walk with me for a day, you would hear me mumbling under my breath all day long. 
You can ask my wife, my family, anything like that. Before somebody comes in for a meeting, Father God, I don't know what they have to talk about, but I thank you that you do. And God, they're six times older than me. These are real prayers that I pray. Father, these people are much older than me, and I don't know in my natural ability what to tell them. But Father, you are wisdom. So I thank you that you'll give me wisdom for their situation. Come on, send them on in, send them on in. Because I prayed first. I don't want you to ever forget that. Get it tattooed somewhere on your body. I'm just fine. We'll make get you a wristband, okay? But I want Transformation Church to be a church who prays first. When we do that, then something amazing happens. God gets invited into every area of your life. Before you pay bills, well, I do this every week. Pray first. I mean, you're sitting there and you're going through the stuff and you start trying to work it out in your own power. Come on, let's be realistically. Father, as I look at these numbers, I'm thinking you give me strategy and wisdom. That when I'm about to give myself some extra money for clothes, God, you'll quicken me in my spirit <laughs> to go ahead and pay that credit card off and be able to value. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you might not even pray. You just might, your prayer may be help, Lord. <laughs> but what you did as you prayed, for, you invited God into the situation. Can I go real, real for you? When you and your wife about to be intimate. Doc, the Holy Spirit is a real deal man of God. Father God, I thank you that I can be able to, you'll give me wisdom to be romantic and you'll give me the strength of a soldier, God, and you'll help me stand. Oh, y'all want to be fake? Okay. But that's okay. You got your results. I got mine. Cause I pray first. Y'all come to church to be so religious. Y'all are fake. But if God wants to be invited in every situation in your life, and then you get in a divorce because we have no intimacy. You didn't invite God into it. Everybody shout at me, pray first. pray first. I want you to do this throughout your entire week. Pray first. And it's sad because from a young age, prayer gets this bad rap. It, prayer really needs a new marketing person. It needs a new representative because like when you're little, it's used as like the detour to you eating. Like, don't eat until you pray. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, for a little kid that's three, and you say, stop eating them french fries, pray first. God is good, God is great, thank you for this food today. So from the very beginning, we use prayer as a I don't even want to say a responsibility, but almost a punishment. Pray before you eat. Did you pray? Did you? We honor God first. <laughs> or we don't do it at all. And then I don't know who this angry old man was who made this famous prayer. But in my head, I see whoever's in charge of prayer marketing. They said, we need to come up with a prayer that kids can pray so they can learn to thank God. And then it's like, well, I don't wanna do it. Well, I don't wanna do it. Give it to Mad Jimmy over there. Mad Jimmy does not like anybody, but he probably can do this. And so Jimmy gets the assignment and then he says, oh, y'all want a prayer? <laughs> y'all want a prayer? Now I lay me down to sleep. <laughs> I pray the Lord my soul to keep. What kind of demonic? morbid man and if I should die before I wake I pray Lord my soul to take that is devastating I was four and I heard that's how I never pray in that prayer I don't want to die but do we ever think about this from very young ages prayer is depicted as this thing that is not fun not an exchange, not happy. And so what happens is many of us, we just kind of want to have a relationship with God, but not talk to him. See, prayer is communication with God, and there's no way you can really know somebody without talking to him. 
And so when prayer gets a bad rap from a young age, we try to live this intimate relational life with no communication. And that's why you have people who have been with God for 50 years and don't know their purpose. It's because they've never connected with God relationally through prayer. So what I want to do is I want to teach you how to pray. That's the title of today's message. Teach us how to pray. Why do we need to learn how to pray? I'm a Christian. I can pray. Listen, a lot of y'all know how to Dougie. Cause somebody taught you how to, matter of fact, you asked for it. Teach me how to Dougie. Teach me, teach me how to Dougie. There's old people in here that can Dougie cause somebody taught you when it comes to prayer, we just kind of go with the flow and nobody's taught us how to pray. So today I'm going to teach you how to pray, teach you, teach you how to pray. Okay. And so I want everybody to learn this lesson and we're going to be in Luke and in Matthew, but I want you to go to Luke and we're going to go. Well, this is, this is how I want to start because I need y'all to see that I'm very serious. Um, our world is in trouble. I, I don't know if you watch the news. I don't know if you, 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 you go through things and you see what's happening, but our world is in trouble. And God wants prayer to be our first response, not our last resort. Prayer is supposed to be our first response, not our last resort. resort res, what am I trying to say? Resort. Okay, now watch, many of us act first and then we ask God to bless it later. I'm guilty. We, we say, you know what I'm saying? God, I'm gonna get in this relationship. God, can you please work out this relationship? We acted before we invited him in to the situation and God says, I want you to pray first. I want me and you conversating to be your first response, not your last resort. Before you buy that house, you need to pray first. Before you go and get that loan, you need to pray for. Before you get in the relationship with that person, you need to pray. Some of y'all acting slow right now. It's only two words. Pray first. Before you send that email. Before you tweet that out or put that Facebook. I'm just feeling some type of way and I got to get it out. You need to pray for. Your draft bin should be real full. But that sin shouldn't be as full if you would pray first. When prayer becomes our first response, then God comes into the situation because y'all, again, our world is in trouble. Do y'all see the moral decline? Like people don't even care. People are sleeping with their brothers, sisters, moms. I saw some crazy report of this boy in love with his mama and they, no, y'all, and they were literally on the news talking about, I mean, we've been close since we were born. She had you, fool. Like, what are you? <laughs> and trying to get laws passed so they could be married and all this other stuff. People don't care. Going against God, we have, we have literal weather that is telling us and pointing to signs. People, every generation feels like they're the last day church or the last day generation. But y'all, we might be. Wars and rumors of war. People calling evil things right? Yes. Like, I mean, y'all, if you just look at it, and so what do we do about that? Most of the church say, oh, I ain't got nothing to do with that. Yes, you do. Yes. Look, look, I'm going to take you to a scripture real quick. Second Chronicles 7, verse 13, it says, When I shut up heaven so there is no rain, when there's drought, when there's drought morally, when there's drought financially, when there's drought in our land. He said, or I command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. And then he gives this, this little kind of like, I don't know if they will, but you know what I'm saying? If my people, like if the people who call themselves Christians and follow me, who I've called them by name would humble themselves and do what? Pray. If they would pray first and then they would seek my face and then they would turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven in a drought. When it looks like nothing good is coming up, I'll hear them from heaven and then I'll forgive their sins. God gave me a revelation. He said, when you sinning, pray. Most people want to get healed first from the sin 
and then feel like I can come to God and pray. But he said, if my people would just humble themselves and pray, God, I'm about to do this right now, but I need your help. He said, then I'll hear them. I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. And so church, our job throughout our whole life is two words. Can you shout it at me? Pray first. Amen. So Luke 11, Luke 11, one day it says Jesus was praying. And who better to learn prayer from than Jesus? He was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, can you teach us how to pray? Teach us, teach us how to pray. Now, I want you to see this because the disciples grew up learning prayers. So they weren't really saying, can you teach us how to pray? They were saying, can you teach us how to pray like that? Like we know prayers that are like ritualistic and we just recite them and we just talk about them. But teach us what you were doing. It seemed like you were into that. It seemed like it was getting through. It seemed like that you like to do that. And so the, the Bible tells us Jesus went away often to pray and to see God. Teach us how to do that. And so then Jesus responds with what we know as the Lord's Prayer. Okay. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. All that. Okay. But this is the thing that the church missed. The Lord's prayer is not a prayer. The Lord's prayer is an outline of how to pray. He said, in this manner, pray. And what the church has done is say, I'm about to pray like Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. They recited no passion, no interaction, no love. It's just a recited thing. And God said, that's not what I was saying to do. I was trying to give you bullet points that you can put your own situation in and you can begin to pray and get the results that Jesus got when he prayed because this is just an outline of prayer. So today I am going to teach you one of the greatest revelations that I got in my whole prayer life is how to pray like Jesus, not praying the Lord's prayer, but praying like the Lord's prayer. So I'm going to teach you how to pray today. Okay. So I want you to look at the first line in Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six, verse nine through 13. It says, our father in heaven, comma. So, so they say, Jesus teaches how to pray. He said, okay, so you want to know what I, was, what I was doing? So first I was talking to God. I just made it clear who I was talking to. Our father in heaven. And then I went to this next part that I said, hallowed be your name. And then I talked about his name for a second. Then I went to the next part. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then after I talked about his will being done, then I said the fourth thing. I said, give us today our daily bread. And I talked about my needs for a second. And then I went to the fifth thing and I said, you know, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And then I said, you know what? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And lastly, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. This is how I pray. So I'm going to give you these headings. And my goal from this is to make sure that you know that if you pray like Jesus prayed, you'll get results like Jesus got. The beautiful thing about what I'm about to show you in the next basically 15 minutes is that you can pray this prayer in five minutes or five hours. And somebody says, how long are you supposed to pray? As long as you want. But I found myself when I really start praying how Jesus prayed, I've, I've set my time for five minutes before. Go off at five minutes and I start to pray out of my heart with an outline of how Jesus prayed and I'll look up and I miss the alarm I'm worshiping and I'm saying, no, nah, I need five more. I need 10 more. I need to get passionate. Y'all, I've prayed sometime for two and three hours and it felt like 10, 15 minutes. Because when I connect with God relationally, he charges me up. He gives me everything I need. And I want to teach you how to pray. First phrase, first phrase, our father in heaven. That is God's name and address. We're not praying to the big guy upstairs. We're not praying to some celestial being that we don't know the name of. Jesus said, our father in heaven. What is God wanting us to do? And I don't want you to miss this. He wants us to connect with God relationally. Connect with God relationally. This is how you start your prayer. When I wake up in the morning, 
hey, daddy, I love you this morning. And I thank you that today is your day. Start with connecting with God. And many people don't have the proper view of God. So to call God father, to call God dad, to call God daddy, to say pops, I hear all kinds of things. Some people, one of my friends, he'd be like, what's up pops? I love you this morning. God, I, I, I see you working in my life. I don't know what it is, but don't connect with God formally. Thou art the Christ who art in heaven, raining down from the throne. God says, that's not how you talk to somebody you know. Y'all know when you know somebody, you get nicknames and all this. I'm gonna tell a little secret on myself. Me and my mom, uh, we have a relationship and she calls me something that nobody else calls me. And I know some of y'all are gonna be rebellious and cynical and you're gonna start calling me this after this, but I might slap you. But this is what I, 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 I know is that when my mom says Mookie, Okay? Yes, Mookie. <laughs> she can call me that because we have relationship. If she came in and she said, Mr. Todd, who are you? You talking about my daddy? He's <laughs> like, who are you talking about? Because we have so much relationship that it would almost be offensive if you made it formal instead of making it personal. So I don't go in to my mom and say, Brenda, Todd, how are you today? That's formal, that's for people who don't know her. I go to her and I say, mommy, I'm 30 years old, mommy. <laughs> Why? Because we have a connection relationally. Why do we try to approach God's throne formally? Our father who art in heaven, I want you to come to God as real as you would come to your best friend. What's up, Dad? I got some things going on today and I need to talk to you about them. Hey, Pops. Good morning. I know I haven't brushed my teeth yet, but you don't smell, so. <laughs> I'm just saying, be real with God. Because when you connect with Him relationally, before you ask for anything, Amazing things happen. Look, look, look at the scripture in Romans 8, 15. It says, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. See, many people have a view of God that he's a mean father. He's that Joe Jackson father. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, did you mess up today? You keep making this situation worse. And so you don't come to a father like this when you think that he's gonna do this. You come to a father like, hey, God, it's me again. I, you know, I messed up. I, I, I watched the thing I wasn't supposed to watch. I, I, I lied to those people before. And God says, I want you, I don't care what, I knew you were going to do it. But if you guard it, I can't heal it. If you try to keep it from me, I'm a gentleman. I only can come where you allow me to come. So that's why if I'm not real with anybody else in this world, I got to be completely real with God. God, here I am. Daddy, here I am. Yes, I smell like crap. Because <laughs> I did it again. But Father, I thank you that you care about me more than what I did. You care about who I am. And so today I'm bringing this to you. One of the most beautiful pictures of this that God has begun to show me since I've been a father. Put that picture up of Bella. I have a problem, I have good news and I have bad news. Um, the bad news is my daughter still sleeps in the bed with me and my wife. That is the horrible news. Um, but the good news is that every morning that she wakes up, I see this face and before I say anything, she says, good morning, daddy. I love you so much every I am not playing y'all. Y'all think I'll be making these stories up? Ask my wife. She's sleeping right there next to me. She says, I love you so much. My daughter, before she asks me for anything, she connects with me relationally. What happens is my heart is so open at that moment to whatever she wants. She done learned this at three years old. Because she's, she's solidified our relationship. Then she asked me for whatever. Daddy, can you go get me a juice box? Daddy, can you turn on Phineas and Ferb? Daddy, can you take me to the park now? 
Y'all have been at the park at 7 a.m. before. Why? Because before she asked me for anything, she aligned herself with me relationally. That's what Jesus is telling us. Our Father who art in heaven. He's, that Romans 8.15 says, you have not received the spirit that makes you a fearful slave. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. You are God's child. Now we call him Abba Father. Before you do anything, connect with God relationally. Come up with a name it, just between you and him. And I promise you, say that every morning when you're praying first. The second part of that, it says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Now, this one's a little tricky for people because hallowed is kind of a fancy word. All that means is holy is your name. Holy is your name. And you're just like, okay, what does that mean? What am I supposed to do? Very simple. The second part of praying, the heading, is you need to worship his name. So I come to God. What's up, daddy? I love you this morning. God, you know what? You're faithful. You're my salvation. You're my peace throughout this day. Before we ask him for anything, this is what I want everybody to see, that Jesus showed us the formula. Start to talk about the names of God. There is power in the name of God. We sing songs like, um, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. That's not worshiping his holy name. You have to find out what his names are and then worship them. So what are some names for God? What are things that he is? What are things that he does? See, the name of God or the names of God have power in them. It's just like this week. Again, I, my daughter was doing something she wasn't supposed to do and somebody else was watching her and they said, Bella, don't do that. And she looked at them. I saw her because she didn't know. I was like, she looked at them like this and she said, eh. And she kept doing what she wanted to do. That person came and told me, um, they said, Michael, Bella's not listening. I said, I didn't move. I said, tell Bella that her daddy said, do this, do this, do this. They went back and all they had to say was your daddy said, da, 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 da. And she did it. Why? Because there's power in my name. Some of y'all need to start telling your situation. My daddy said. They told me cancer. My daddy is a healer. He took stripes for my healing. It said he was bruised and beaten for, for my iniquities, my transgression, my healing. My daddy said, I'm healed. So I hear what you're saying, and I'm not going to ignore it. But what I am going to do is take it to my daddy. And cancer and diabetes and the common cold, you have to bow to the name of Jesus. See, this is what prayer does. See, I don't have anything wrong with taking a pill. I believe God is in medicine, but we take pills before we pray. You got a headache? You don't even pray about it. You have more faith in an Advil liquid gel than you do in the creator of the universe. But before I take that Advil liquid gel, I'm going to call on the name of God. God, you said, God, I can lay my hands on myself. And you said the sick shall recover. Shoot, this is a God, I pray. I'm put, you're going to put some oil on your own hands. Whoop, boosh. If you ain't got put some activator on it. Use your hair gel. Just do it in the name of Jesus. I'm trying to make this practical for you. God, I believe you're a healer and that you can heal this. Father, I thank you for my kids cold, that you will heal them. Keep giving them the medicine and all that, but look for God to be the healer. And so you have to learn the names of God. So I'm going to give you eight names of God that I pray a lot of times. Proverbs 18.10 says, God's name is a place of protection. The righteous run into it and they are safe in the name of God. So what are some names of God? God is my righteousness. Father, I thank you today that you're my righteousness. God, nothing that I have done 
is because of me. I thank you that your grace is chasing me down. Father, I thank you that you are my healer. Father, that you will provide today all the, the, the things that I need to be healthy. Father, I don't even feel sick, but I speak against sickness in my life right now because you are the healer. Father, I thank you that you are the shepherd. You're a good shepherd. Father, you're gonna lead me into all truth, Father God. You are going to light my way so I can see what to do and what not to do. Father, you're my provider. You're Jehovah Jireh. Father, there is nothing outside of your means for my life. And so, God, I just thank you for it right now. God, you're my sanctifier. When I'm doing things wrong, Father God, I just thank you that goodness will begin to come out of me, Father. And that fruit of the Spirit will begin to move. God, I thank you that you are my banner of victory. There is nothing in this world that can defeat me as long as I'm rooted and planted in you. Father God, you are my peace. Matter of fact, you're the Prince of Peace. Father, when you were born, peace got transferred into my life that I could not understand. And so I thank you before I walk out of this house. I have peace. God, you are the God. Everybody watch this. You are the God who is there. There is a name of God that means there. You are the God. If I make my bed in hell or if I go to the highest mountain, God, I thank you that you are the God who is right there. If you just would go to Google and search names of God, and don't use all the big words, okay? Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah. Okay, you can know what those are, but just use what they mean. You're my peace, you're my provider. And just make a list of 10 things. I'm trying to help your practical prayer life. You can do that for an hour. I'm not telling you you have to, I'm saying you can. Because you start making God bigger and worshiping his name, Y'all saw as I was praying, that was one minute and 15 seconds. Y'all started to feel something. Things started to move. It's like, hold on, is he about to keep going? I promise you, if I would have done that for two more minutes, everybody would be able to feel the presence of God actually literally in this room. Because when we start calling God his names, he comes. If I say, Melvin, come here. Melvin, come here. He, come here. <laughs> When I called his name, he came. Demario, come here. When I called his name, John, come here. When, when I call his name, he, he, Ramon, run up here. When I call his name, you ain't running. <laughs> he if we're made in God's image, and when I call a man's name, he comes, what happens when we start our prayer life? See, we got it backwards. We're praying for the things and God says, just invite me. If you invite me, when I come, everything begins to change. Thank y'all. This is what I want you to see. Our father who out in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Connect with God relationally and then start to worship his name. Let's go to the third one. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hold on. Now, I thought after we worshiped his name, we could get to my stuff. See, because I only got a little bit of time this morning, Jesus. And I thought that it was my turn. You know what I'm saying? You're holy, you're God, you're awesome. And now me. But he's given us a priority. He said, connect with me. Be real with me relationally. Then worship my name. And then I want you to pray my agenda. So in your blanket, it should say, pray his agenda, okay? If you're taking notes with me, and you should be, because this is liquid gold, okay? This is going to help your prayer life. You need to pray his agenda first. God has a prayer list. Most of us don't know it. But he tells us in one of the most famous verses, for God so loved the world that he gave. His greatest agenda is the world. So can I sum it up with one word? What's God's prayer list? others. Others. So after I connect with him, after I worship his name, I just start praying for others. Why well, do I pray for everybody? Pray for whoever's on your heart. 
God, I just pray for Bishop Gary and Pastor Debbie right now, God, that you would meet every one of their needs. Father, I thank you for Daisha, that as she goes into another level of knowing you, God, you would give her wisdom and power and insight. God, I thank you for, for Natalie. I thank you, Father God, that you would give my wife the wisdom to be able to raise our children, Father God, and walk in her full calling. God, I pray for transformation, church. I just start praying for others. My parents, my family. I start to call out the ones that are on my heart at that moment. Father God, I begin to pray for every victim that's in Haiti, Father God, and, and all those families who just lost people, God. I thank you that you would be the Prince of Peace, Father God. I don't even know how to relate to them, but Father, I'm thanking you that you would send wisdom, that you would send help from the sanctuary. Father, I pray for all of this stuff that's going on in our city, Father God. This racism, Father God, and the systemic change that's needed. Raise up deliverers, Father God. Let me be a one that can help move this thing forward show me what I'm supposed pray for others when you pray God's agenda first something amazing happens look at Matthew 6 he said but seek first God is really big on priority his kingdom and his righteousness others and all these things will be given to you as well what God is saying is if you pray my agenda I already got yours I need agents on this earth to be able to loose things and to bind things. So if you work for me, there's benefits. If you would just pray my agenda first, whether than my business getting blessed, my stuff, pray for somebody else's business to get blessed. I dare you to pray for your best friend to get married. Some of y'all, uh, what? Oh no, I need God to deliver me from this single demon stop I dare you to pray first about it pray for others God you say in your word to pray for those who are in leadership God I pray for President Obama God I pray that as he, he leaves this office you would give him wisdom father I pray for Donald Trump I pray for Hillary I, I ain't praying for either one of them I ain't voting I ain't doing, and you're stupid for that hear me and I don't mean that any type of way, but you cannot have an opinion if you don't participate in the process. Okay? Hear me. One of them will be our president. And then what does the word say about it? He says we're supposed to pray for those who are in authority over us. So if Donald Trump becomes our president, are you going to take a vow of silence for the next four years? Or are you going to pray that God would send wisdom, Father, that you would visit him in the night seasons, that when he's about to make decisions or when she's about to make decisions, Father God, that you would send people, Father God, to be your agents. God, let them have a fire for you. Let something on the inside of them begin to, to move. We have to pray. I'm trying to help you. This is what he said. Pray God's agenda. Luke 12, 30, 31. It's not in your uh, notes, but I, this is a great scripture. He says, he will always give you all you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. If you make God's agenda, others, your primary concern, he will give you everything that you need day to day. This is good stuff. So you can see how to pray. What's the next part of it? Give us this day our daily bread. Now we can talk about us. Give us this day. And this is where you transfer the burden. Everything that's been on you, everything that's going on in your life, everything that you're concerned about, God's saying, man, I love them so much. Hold on. No, you didn't. You connected with me first. And then you start talking about me all good and you said my name. Say my name. Say my name. <laughs> And then you started praying for the ones who nobody's praying for. You thought about others than you thought for yourself. What do you want? What do you want? I'm the God of the universe. I can do anything. I bet you I can. I bet you I can. Because you made me priority. And so when we move to this, that's how we can come before the throne of grace boldly. It's because we've already done everything that he needed to be done. And now we can talk about us. God, 
I need you to touch my marriage. God, I need you to change my financial situation. God, I need you to give me peace in the middle of this storm. And he's saying, I am happy. What would I keep from a child who's obedient? I mean, I'll give a parallel in my own life is my brother Gabe, when we were growing up, he was the good child. I was the bad child, okay? So what does that mean? He didn't get no whoopings. I got a whole bunch of whoopings, okay? What does that mean? There were times that he got stuff that I didn't get, not because we weren't both my children's parents, it's because he was obedient and I wasn't. I was still a Todd, but I wasn't obedient to what had been given from my parents. God's saying to you, if you would pray in this manner, it would begin to give you life because I will begin to answer your prayers in a way that you have never seen before because you made me first. Guys, I'm not teaching you something. Some of y'all are like, this is so repetitive. So do you do it? Do, or do we hit God with these drive-by prayers? Like, God, you know what I need. This is what I need. This is what I need. This is what I need. Amen. Bye. Because I know for me, many seasons of my life, it was just drive-through. It was just like, God, I need you in this situation. I can't even pray about nothing else because I ain't even got time for you. But touch this. And if that's where your prayer life is like right now, it's okay. But God came to give you a word and to give you an outline to pray like Jesus prayed. Look at this. It says, give us this day, our daily bread. That tells God we need you in every situation. And this is the practical step. Depend on God for everything. Depend on God for, everybody say everything. everything. Why are you saying that? Well, I don't need God in my finances right now. Keep praying like you do. See, because what happens is many of us, I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for anybody else. But many of us only pray when the situation goes wrong. Like now my finances is low or now my relationship is crazy. And so now I need God, I'm coming before you. I'm bombarding heaven. God, hear me, hear me, hear me. We got flags. We got everything. We're trying to get God's attention. And he was like, I just need you to keep praying that even when things are good. I just need you to, I pray for my marriage and family every single day. I pray for Transformation Church every single day. I pray for the peace of God every single day. Because even when things are good, I still want him to know he's included in everything that I do. So we depend on God for everything. Psalms 121, verse 1, it says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? And many people think this is talking about heaven. I look up to the, the, the heavens, but this is not what it's talking about. Back in Israel, the capital or the political um, system was on the top of the hill. So he's basically saying, do I look to politics? Do I look to the things the world is set up for, for my, my protection and my healing? And the answer is no. Look what he says. He said, I look past that because my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. We're telling God when we pray and when we pray this way that we're depending on him for everything, we're telling him I can't live unless you sustain me. And when you start saying stuff like that to God, prayer is the language of the dependent. And some of you are like, how do I do this? All you do is pray through each one of these headings. Depend on God for everything. Let's go to number five. We gotta roll through these. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This has two parts, okay? We need to get our heart right with God and with people. Get your heart right with God and with people. So this is how I do it every day. I ask God, Father, don't let me become desensitized to sin. Don't let sin become normal for me. And so how do I pray that? I say, God, search my heart. If there's anything in my heart right now that is offensive to you, show me so I can repent of it. I dare you to pray that prayer. God will begin to show you stuff. You'll be like, ooh, ooh, mm, I get it. <laughs> I, I got it. I'll handle it now. This week, real time, me and my wife was having some heated communication, and we didn't leave at a good place. Now, I don't know about y'all. Y'all want to be fake, but we had real communication, didn't leave at a good place. So I went to prayer, tried to start preparing for the sermon. Started praying. Ooh, I feel the presence of God in here. God, you're going to use me so mightily on Sunday. God, you're going to do some things. And then I just prayed this dumb prayer. Lord, 
there's anything in me that's not right. For the next 30 minutes, God was like this, 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 this. I said, maybe I should have said if there's one thing in me <laughs> that's not right. Because he began to reveal me to me. And when, when he begins to reveal you to you, then you can get it right. Then you say, God, I'm sorry. I ended up getting my stuff right with God. And when you get it right with God, then it makes you have to get it right with people. See, a lot of us trying, I ain't getting it right with them. It's because I know you didn't get it right with God. You didn't ask them about it. I'm mad at them. They did me wrong. And God said, you have still not brought that to me. Situations with your family, the holiday season is coming up. And some of y'all still holding on to stuff that happened six years ago at Christmas. And you haven't brought it to God. And he's saying, if you bring that to me, I'll search your heart. I'll get it right. We'll get it right. And then I'll make it be that. You know what? Because when it's right with God, it's easy to get it right with people. I'm humbling myself. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? And that's what we have to do. We have to get it right with God, and then we get it right with people. Give me a practical step, Pastor Mike, to getting it right with people. Forgive them in advance. God, I'm going to this job today, and they piss me off every day. <laughs> so right now, I'm going to forgive John because I know he's going to make me mad today. And if you would just say that, I'm like, Father, I forgive my brother. I forgive my boss. I forgive these people in traffic because they know not what they do, God. With all this construction on Memorial, God. I forgive them right now. If you would begin to invite God into that, he said, forgive us our sins as we forgive actively, forgive others. If we would be proactive on our forgiveness, you wouldn't be as mad as you are. If you would be proactive on your forgiveness, everything would. I, I have now started to forgive my wife before she does stuff. Yes, I am. You are forgiven <laughs> for what you're going to do today. No, I'm just like. But what happens is I found that my turnaround time is so quicker because I really already had made up in my mind. Natalie's going to do something to frustrate me. She is going to forget to warm up my food. She is not <laughs> going to wash some drawers for me. I am going to have to go back. Whatever it is, and I'm just being petty right now, but. <laughs> but look, but my forgiveness is active and proactive. So when the situation happens, I say, oh, I've already given this to God. I've already talked to God about this. Guys, this is prayer in action. Get our heart right with God and then get our heart right with other people. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and do what? Purify us from all unrighteousness. God, make me pure. Forgive somebody. Get it right with God and then you'll get it right with others. Sixteen, and do not lead us into temptation. Now, this is a bad translation. In the original Greek, it really means something different because there's a scripture that says God will never um, tempt us, so that can't be right. It really means do not allow me to be led into temptation. Like, temptation from the enemy is on the menu today. When, when that happens, thank you that you'll be the one to deliver me from the evil one. See, many of you don't believe this, but there's a real enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And many of us are getting beat up every day because there is an attack of the enemy and we will not fight. He's not real. You keep getting punched. <laughs> you keep your marriages on the rocks. Your, your self-esteem is being hit, but he ain't real. He is a ghost puncher and he is taking you out, but you will not fight him. So what are you saying, Pastor Mike? Every day you have to engage in spiritual warfare. You have to. You have to put on the full armor of God. And that, that sounds so spooky. That sounds so unreal. That sounds so sci-fi. It's the truth anyhow. Half the stuff you're fighting with is not those people. It's the spirits in those people. It's the spirits behind that situation. Pornography is a spirit. 
That's why you can leave one building and that spirit follows you to your cell phone. And then that spirit follows you to your friend's house. And your, it is not you wrestling against people. That's why you can get out of a relationship and find the same person 3,000 miles away. Because your spirit attracts the same person. Okay, y'all think I'm playing. Y'all think, okay, let's go to the word because God's going to prove it to you. I promise you. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 12. It says, for our struggle is not against people, not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Guess what? We win. So when you read something like that, you're not scared. It just means I got to fight. And fight is not just doing whatever. I'm just trying to survive. Fight is being calculated. What you, what you trying to do? I see you coming after my family. What? I bet you, what? What? In the name of Jesus. It, remember the name. I bind you. I, oh, oh, you try to come against my husband. You trying to let that old get, I see you in the name of Jesus. I bind perversion off of his life. I disallow. I fight. And you can do that while in your car on the way to work. That's not getting in some room and walking around mad and being ready to fight. It's saying, I am going to, in one or two phrases, confront my enemy every day. I bind insecurity in my life. I've had low self-esteem for all of these years. It's over today. I wrap you up. That's what bind and loose means. It means that we allow and we disallow. And many Christians just allow whatever. And then ask God to fix it. But we never prayed on the defense. If somebody walked into your house every day and stole stuff from you and they got so comfortable where they didn't care if you were there or not. Hey, I'm about to steal from you. Oh, you got some new clothes. You got the new TV. Hey, come on in. She don't care. And you're sitting there like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. God, don't you see them? He said, you're standing there and I put my authority in you. And you're just going to let them come up in your house and in your life and in your job and in your marriage and in your situation and your children every day and not say nothing. If the cops came and they say, were you here? Well, yeah. What'd you, what'd you do? Watch them. And as funny as that seems, that's what we let the enemy do in our lives. But I'm daring you to engage in spiritual warfare every day. That's not spooky or scary. It's your authority as a believer in Jesus Christ. And the last one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We start this thing and finish it at the same place. We express our faith and God's ability. See, God just wants to be first and he doesn't want you to take credit. He wants you to get the benefit. If you won't take credit, you get to experience the benefit. So this is all this is saying. God, it's because of you. God, everything I just prayed for, everything ain't about to happen because I just prayed for it. You knew it anyway, but I've invited you into this situation and God, you are faithful. God, you were here before me. You're here right now. You're going to be here after me. God, I see that you are working on my behalf. If it's not over and it's not good, I know it's not over. I know that you are working on me and my faith is in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. That, that, that's what this says. So I want you, how I end my prayer time is with the scripture that expresses my faith. And you may want to use these in your scripture uh, in your time with God in prayer. Jeremiah 32, 17. It says, our sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. What happens when you end your prayer saying everything I just prayed? None of that seemed too big for you. God, you're bigger than anything. God, you're magnified. 
You're greater. And then what happens is I usually end with this, Revelations 5.13, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be all blessings and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the whole church says, amen. So be it. God, I have faith that you can do this. How do you have a daily dynamic prayer? I just took 45 minutes to share that with you. You can do that in three minutes. You want me to show you how? God, I thank you for this day. Thank you for who you are. And thank you for being the Lord of my life. Father, you're my healer. You're my redeemer. Father, you are my peace this morning. God, I just, I just trust you. Trust you for everything. I trust you for this church, God. And I, I thank you, Father God, that every member of Transformation Church is blessed. Father, I don't know what they're going through personally, but I do know that you do. And I just thank you, Father God, that you're changing every situation that looks like it's for their harm into the propelling place for their future. God, I'm thanking you right now for every person who's in this community, Father, who doesn't know you. God, I'm thanking you that you would become alive to them and begin to transform this life. Father, make this church a conduit of your spirit. God, I need you to help every person in my family really come into a loving relationship with you, Father God. I just thank you right now for my brother Demario and my sister Jules. Father, they're about to have a baby, Father, and I just thank you that you would give them wisdom and peace of how to raise Nathan, Father God. You give them everything that they need, Father God, to produce a life that is godly. Father, I thank you for any fear that they may have, that it will be dispelled right now by your power, God. We declare right now, Father, that you are working in the situation. Father, I thank you, Father, for our praise team, for every person who comes and serves, Father, even as Amber wasn't here today, Father. I thank you that sickness is a name, but your name is higher, Father, that you would touch her voice, Father God. You would touch her life, Father God. You would give her wisdom beyond her years, God. And we just thank you, Father God, that you would begin to do a work, Father God, in everything in these people's lives. Now, God, I bring to you my family. Thank you, Father God. I don't know how to lead this church, but you do. And so, God, I'm asking you to lead me and guide me. God, I need more finances. God, I need you to be able to give me wisdom how to get the things that you've placed in my heart out. Father God, I need you to keep me from wrong thoughts and wrong actions. God, I need you to give me balance in my schedule, Father God, so I can know how to do ministry and keep my priorities of my family first. God, I need you to come in to my life at like never before, God. And God, right now, if there's anything in me that's not like you, show me. God, I don't care about this stage. God, I wanna be right with you. And I just thank you, Father God, as you make me right, God, show me who I need to forgive. God, right now, I forgive. Father, the people who are gonna get on the internet to, today and say that this was a horrible service, God. And I thank you, Father, that there won't be rage or anger in my heart, Father, but I'll begin to pray for them, Father God. I just thank you, Father, for people in advance, God. Next week, I'm going to meet obstacles. I'm going to be tempted to do things and say things. And God, I just really need you to help me be delivered from the evil one, Father God. I, I right now, Father, I take authority over everything that would try to make me feel less than. God, Father, I've dealt with insecurity in my past and I bind insecurity in the name of Jesus. I bind sexual perversion over my life today. And I thank you, Father God, that I am free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed, God. And I just thank you, Father God, that I'm your child. Father, and you don't call people, Father God, who are equipped, but you equip people who you call, God. And I thank you that I'm equipped. I bind the spirit of rebellion over my children. I thank you that they will know you, that they will love you, that they will serve you. God, I thank you that you will surround them with right friends. I pray against friends that will take them down wrong paths. I pray for their husbands and wife. I loose their husbands and wives right now, Father God, that you are preparing them and making them to be exactly what my children need, that they will have tunnel vision. They won't have to date all these other people, but you will allow it to be clear, Father God. And Father, I just praise you because your kingdom will be done in my life. You will get the glory and praise out of my life. When people look at me, God, I want them to fall in love with you, Father God. Yours is the kingdom. The power.
power and the glory. Father, I don't want a kingdom. I'm not going to build it by my power, God, and I don't want your glory. To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb, be all blessings, honor, glory, and power forever. In your matchless name, I pray. Amen. Let's give God some praise in this place. Some of y'all were following along. Take that to your prayer closet this week. I dare you for 30 days to begin to pray like this and allow God to charge you up. And I promise you that your prayer life will never, ever be the same. Pray continually. Now you know how to pray. Pastor Mike, I'm supposed to do that every day? I'd encourage you to. Five minutes, an hour. You can do that on your way to work. Turn the radio off and begin to pray through these points. In the shower in the morning, get you a washable marker and just put it up in your shower and just be, Father God, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hear me. God doesn't care. He said Jesus went to a specific place. Make a place. And I promise you, your life will never be the same. Can we give God one big shout of praise in this place? If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our TC app or our website at transformchurch.us give. And don't forget to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and live a transformed life.